0: I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks!
1: Welcome to The Fellowship. My name is Adam Hawk, joined as always by Ryan Engel and from our families to yours. Happy Thanksgiving, as you heard in the cold open, from Bill O'Reilly himself, We'll do it live, we'll do it live, fuck it. it, we'll do it live, I'll write it, and we'll do it live, fucking thing sucks, right. fucking thing sucks, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, an all
0: time clip, I just like to visualize right now, our listeners are in their car, on their commute, just punching the air, loving that clip, loving it, D's, I'm loving it.
1: Now, what is It exactly? It is our world-famous annual Black Friday show. I'm telling you right now, mark your calendars. This Friday, November 24th, Ryan and I will be going live on YouTube at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We will be overdressed and over-served. We'll have some incredible giveaways from our great friends at Metalwood Studio, Calamari Airlines, Cousin Clubs, Birdwell Beach, Britches, Wood Duck Nation, and True Tone. So many, Amazing prizes from amazing brands that you can win, and all you have to do is tune in, get into that live chat, and answer some very easy trivia questions that I myself am in the process of writing right now. I'll be the first one to answer the trivia questions live on YouTube during our show, and you will win one of those great prizes from the aforementioned brands. All of this made possible by our brothers at Ammunition Wine and Whiskey, the official wine and whiskey of the Fellowship. We love them. They're back again to sponsor our Black Friday show. They have sponsored the Nation Desert Classic, our Christmas shows, and we so appreciate them. Big ammunition, guys. We love them.
0: We're big ammunition, guys. And you know what? The stuff is saucy.
1: It's the best. So thank you to ammunition, and thank you to all of our prize sponsors for being a part of it. Here's the deal, folks. You know the lotto saying? The tagline: You can't win if you don't play. The mm-hmm. same is true here. You cannot win if you do not watch. So please watch. Watching is free, and so is winning. Watch. Get in that live chat. Hang out with us Friday, six p.m. Right now. Mark your calendar. Set a reminder. Whatever you got to do, go to youtube.com/slash/atnationgolf and get ready for this live Black Friday show. Are you excited?
0: I am excited because I, in prepping for this show, like I always do. Yeah. Came up with the best idea.
1: I'd love to hear it. What's more important than the comment section, Adam? Nothing is more important than the live chat Friday night, so we can see who's participating and who's answering the questions. Well, considering that I've mounted a nice Vizio flat screen TV to the
0: boardroom, I'm gonna get that thing fired up with the chat on as a little bit of a teleprompter for us, so we can kind of
1: see it in real time. What do you think about that, Adam? I think that's a great idea. So you have set up a television for our boardroom where we do the show. And now what you're saying is that television is going to be a live feedback monitor for mm. the host of the television show.
0: Yeah. And God knows it's probably not going to work at the very last second. And if it does, there'll be like a lag time, but Hey, still a hell of an idea from the kid. I love the idea. Can't wait to see if it works or not. It's not going to work. And then we're both at the same time going to say, fucking thing sucks. Fucking thing sucks.
1: All right. Well, there is no avoiding this story. It is the top story in the golf world. A couple of weeks ago, you, Ryan Engel, planted your flag as one of the first and only experts on the TGL, the new virtual golf league headed by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, set to debut in January on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. If you're new to the TGL or you missed our podcast episode from a few weeks back, Tiger and Rory founded a golf league where six teams representing six U.S. cities were going to play head-to-head matches in a simulator dome at a community college in Palm Beach, Florida. Part of Ryan Engel's absolute befuddlement with the league is that there was only one arena where all six teams would play every single match. He questioned why cities were involved at all if none of those cities like Boston, L.A., San Francisco, Atlanta, and New York were ever going to host an event or have a home match. Well, what's that old saying about putting all your eggs in one basket? The one and only stadium for the TGL, a 250,000-square-foot inflatable dome at a community college in Florida... It's inflatable? ...has collapsed. Well, did it collapse or did it deflate? (laughs) (laughs) I'll
0: tell you what, Adam. I don't know what ESPN Plus is going to do. They must be gut-wrenched. What are they going to show in that spot now? Competition CrossFit? What is on ESPN Plus? Could this thing be any more of a fucking barn fire? Truth be told, Adam, call me the conspiracy theorist. That's fine. But I think that those dudes saw the writing on the wall and they're like, it's time for a false flag.
1: We're burning that stadium down because we are not ready for this barn fire. There is that conspiracy (laughs) theory and we are going to unpack that theory because it's out there. You're not the only one that feels that way. I'm not. No, you're not. Shows
0: how much I pay attention to everything. I haven't heard anyone's theory on this, Adam.
1: So the roof collapsed. This happened back on November 14th. And just this past Monday, November 20th, the TGL announced the debut season has been postponed. Wait for it. And I really mean it. Wait for it. Until 2025. That's right. The TGL, which was supposed to start in seven weeks, won't be starting for at least 13 more months. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. How can a stadium that they were building in weeks take an entire year to repair? It's not the stadium rebuild that is delaying the TGL one year. It's their very specific seasonal window in which this league can only be on primetime television and which the players can fit into their schedules. That's what's causing the 12-month postponement. This league was always very intentionally slated to take place in January and wrap up before the Masters. The primetime schedule for sports is extremely light in the winter, so ESPN has no conflicts in carrying these matches on Mondays and Tuesdays in quarter one of the year. But that changes after April, especially with the NBA and NHL playoffs. And guess what? Indoor fake golf at a community college is not bumping LeBron James off ESPN. So the TV partner can't show the TGL again until January twenty twenty five. And on top of that, Ingle, remember how you talked about how absurd the schedule was going to be for the players? Mm-hmm. Golf seven days a week. Mm-hmm. The reason why the players can't fit this into their schedule any other time besides quarter one is because guess what happens in quarter two? The majors start. Mm-hmm. You've got the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, and the British Open.
0: And the last thing you want is that shmagma plastic fake grass melt that you get from mats stuck on your clubs when you're walking into a major championship.
1: Most of the 23 players in the TGL are top 50 players, and all of them would rather prepare to put on a green jacket or lift the Wanamaker or drink from the Claire jug or wear the Jack Nicholas gold medal than hit a ball into a screen if it means sacrificing critical practice rounds and crucial rest. So it's not the stadium that will take one year to repair. It's that the TV partners and the players aren't able to make this happen at any other time on the calendar. So here's the bottom line. The TGL had one location and one very tight schedule, and both of them collapsed, and now it's off for a year. I can't remember anything since, well, Live Golf, taking this much shit online and in the press from the very moment it was announced. But back to that conspiracy theory that you floated, there are a lot of people out there who are thinking that this is planned obsolescence, this roof collapsing and you're familiar with the term planned obsolescence it's what everyone accuses apple of doing with the iphone you make a product designed to break just so everyone has to buy a new one when the next one comes out it's not exactly what the tgl is being accused of but the conspiracy theory is that the roof collapse was on purpose because even the founders of the league and the tv partners started to believe their own bad press and make no mistake about it there's no person in the world besides the 23 guys signed up for the tgl who have had anything positive to say about the idea of the league, the format, the teams, the schedule. It's been nothing but mockery the last few months. So did the roof collapse because it had to? Did it collapse to save the league itself from collapsing? I, for one, hate nothing more than a conspiracy theory, and I especially hate this one, but it's out there. So what do you think? Anything's possible, dude. Yes,
0: people commit insurance fraud at every level from the dude Right out here in the intersection to a major corporation. Humans, man. It's part of competition. I think it's possible. Do I think they did it? I don't know. I don't know any of those guys. I didn't see it with my own eyes. I don't believe everything everything I read or hear, but I do believe anything's possible. And I do believe that people, when backed up against a wall, make some really shady shady decisions. I think it's naive to sit back and think like, oh, that would never happen.
1: You sure? Here's why I think that conspiracy theory is horse hockey. Too many people involved, too many millions and millions of dollars, too many execs, too many logistics. There's no way that they roped in 23 of the best players on the planet, promised them a boatload of cash, got a big time TV partner, started construction on a 250,000 square foot arena bought and developed all of the technology for this league just to self-destruct because of tweets and memes. The other take floating around right now is that we might not ever see the T. I I think there's a great chance of that. And here's why that take exists. That within a year, golf will unify. The merger with Liv and the DP Tour will go through. Everyone will be fat and happy, and no one is going to have to play fake golf on their only two days off to make some extra cash. What do you, Ryan Engel, say to the notion that we might not ever see TGL? Do you think that the postponement will eventually turn into an all-out permanent cancellation?
0: Yeah, because the way these things work, it's just like anything in major corporation entertainment, which I would say the best correlations or examples of that would be like how television used to be. You put together an idea a script, you cast for it, you pitch it, and you film a pilot. And the marketing and advertising of that pilot and then the viewership and the response and the criticism of that pilot is whether or not the show goes on. So that's exactly what this is. They've got enormous team of people working around the clock monitoring the traction of this thing, and it is not looking good. They are not sparking the interest that they wanted to. I think that's obvious. This thing was not looking like a home run. That's not to say that they couldn't have pulled it off. I'm just saying that, like, they weren't sitting back in their easy chairs going like, oh, I can't wait for the launch. They were stressing. And with stress comes interesting decision-making. I don't know
1: what will happen. I know this. TGL deployed one hell of a marketing strategy with this league. The marketing strategy that they deployed is commonly referred to as drip marketing, and it's where instead of announcing everything at once, you drip out updates to stay in the news cycle. And the TGL executed this technique flawlessly. It seemed every few days you'd hear about a new player signed up to play, then a team name, then a player getting assigned to a team, then the stadium, then the format, then a hype video, then another player, then another team name, and so on and so forth. The TGL farmed and dripped out their news the last couple of months, and they were headline news for a long time. And it was all supposed to lead to January with maximum hype and interest behind it. Now what? Now what do they do? It's one thing to drip news for two months. It's entirely another to keep fanning the flames for a year. Is anyone going to remember the TGL by the time January 2025 rolls around? And if the league was worried about interest and public perception before the roof collapse, how worried are they now? There are very few things in life that can keep people interested while waiting a year. Pregnancies last nine months. And I promise you, when my wife was pregnant, I forgot numerous times during that stretch that we were going to have a kid. And that's not because I'm a bad husband or a bad dad. It's because life happens all day, every day to all of us We're pulled in a million different directions nonstop. If something isn't staring you in the face and piquing your interest continuously, you forget about it or can forget about it. It's human nature. Our minds are not sedentary. We have limited bandwidth, short attention spans, even with the biggest, most personal occasions. So how is the TGL going to pull off part two of their marketing tricks? That's what fascinates me. And moreover, is there a scenario where they just punt and don't do the leak at all?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really, really big possibility. And I think that's going to have to do with how this next chapter of golf rolls out. Right now, they're they're just packing up their Christmas lights early. If given the opportunity, they're going to unpack the same drip next year, same time. They're going to untangle the lights and start setting them up one at a time and try to get them on by January. but. I don't know what to think. Tell you what, don't care. Who's got time to watch that trash?
1: A lot can change in a year, and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a number of players decommit so they can keep their options open next year and the years beyond. These guys are all teams of one, and maybe decommitting from the TGL frees them up to join Live or something else that we don't even know about yet. Time will tell, we'll see, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a more compelling sports story right now, whether you think the TGL is worth watching or not. There are so many dominoes yet to fall. And let's not lose sight of the fact that Tiger and Rory have their names on this thing. How do you think they're feeling right now? After all, the hill they died on for the PGA Tour, the image hits they took for speaking out against Liv, the paychecks they passed up on... All that for a collapsed roof at a community college, a ton of bad press, and the ass end of every joke being told on social media right now. How do you think Tiger and Rory feel? Rory has completely tarnished his legacy. It's the law of attraction. You
0: spout your mouth, you do this kind of stuff, usually not the best results go your way. And this is unfortunate. It's not his fault unless he was the hooded bandit that lit that thing on fire. But I doubt that he could do it, although he's probably short enough to sneak around. He just looks bad after all of this. And with as much shit as that guy talks about all of this important business side of professional golf, it's like, bro, when was the last time you won? Like a big one. Your storyline now is like how long it's been at every major and how like hard it is for you to get the career Grand Slam. And that's not taken away from how great a golfer
1: Rory is. Obviously, the guy's a great fucking golfer. But
0: maybe it's time to kind of tighten that lip up a little bit.
1: Well, he did just resign from the PGA Tour policy board. Yeah,
0: but even the way he does it, he's like, um, yeah, look, um, you know, my schedule and uh, the travel and, um, um. Have you ever heard that guy talk? It's like fucking nails on a chalkboard. He says, um, every three seconds. But, hey, I'm just a guy. He's a great golfer. Good for him. Super annoying, my opinion. I think over the past two years, he's completely tarnished his legacy.
1: I do think there's a larger conversation to be had about the state of golf. And I want to promise the listeners that we'll do that on an upcoming episode because it's too big of a topic to cover coming off of just covering a rather massive topic. But the state of golf right now, I believe, is at its tipping point, or at least I hope. Golf courses are extremely crowded and thus slow play and green fees are at an all-time high. Live and the TGL and the Netflix Cup and the celebrity event at Lake Tahoe are all hell-bent on proving the point over and over again that this game is straight-up cringy when you start to mess with it, yet they don't stop messing with it. Golf Instagram is a joke and not a funny one at all, and it makes me embarrassed to be in the space. Fall pro golf is unwatchable, and no one can follow the FedEx Cup points or what they mean, and it all culminates in a ridiculous playoff format where the best players get spotted strokes. YouTube golf has lowered the bar for course decorum and puts the game second and its actors first. There are new apparel companies sprouting up every day with some stupid golf pun name and an all-over print polo collection that no person, let alone a grown man, should ever wear. I so badly want to say that we're at rock bottom, but every time I think we're there, we find a new low. So yeah, I'd like to explore the crippling state of golf as we enter the year 2024, but we'll save that for another time because it's so depressingly bad right now. Enlighten me. Get in the DMs. Send us an email. Help. Facts
0: us your opinions. Enlighten me on what's giving you that fuzzy feeling. When I was a kid, I remember when my grandparents first split up and my grandfather left Bermuda Dunes and went over to Indian Wells. And I remember the first year I'm holding his hands, walking across the bridge, and we look over, and it's the Bob Hope Classic in the mid to late 80s. And couples and Davis Love III are in the fairway, and I'm watching them hit their balls on the greens and the golf clap the banners and the television towers. There's Cadillacs and old carts. And it's just, just had such a fucking vibe. And I remember just looking at it going, whoa. And what I was looking at was old timers doing it proper. No one trying to be like, "Hey, hey, look at me. There weren't any clowns. Everything now is just clownery. No, I'm making a statement. I want to lower decorum and kill these old traditions. And you're wrong for not Fucking wanting to. And it's me, 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 me. When back then it was just like protecting the field, protecting the game, and they partied harder. So, my point is, is like, I saw some of that stuff and I was like, wow. Is there anyone who can honestly say out there that they're seeing some of this new golf stuff, whether it's these shows you're talking about, these leagues that are starting up? Are they really looking at that going, wow? Or is it just this fast trash content? Because that's what it looks like to me. And At the expense of it, we're watching a lot of what I thought was so cool about the game of why it was different. Just watching it just whittle away and die.
1: Hey, that said, let's end it on a positive, okay? Black Friday. Couple of birthday shout outs on the show today. Some people near and dear to us. Ryan, do you want to start? My lovely wife.
0: It was her birthday yesterday. We celebrated it for like seven days in a row, but she deserves it because she puts up with me.
1: Well said. Happy birthday to Katie Kai. I also want to say happy birthday to my dad. My dad is truly one of the most special and accomplished people to ever walk the face of the earth. He was a 13-time All-Star, an AL MVP, a 10-time Gold Glove winner, a 7-time Silver Slugger, 630 home runs without a single performance-enhancing drug, and a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He was the face of 90s baseball, and he has the sweetest swing the world has ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, number 24 in your programs, number one in your heart, Happy birthday to my dad, Ken Griffey Jr. Wow, what a take. 54 years old today, but forever the kid. Happy birthday, Dad. Well, this is truly one of those special weeks of the year where our entire country takes one big collective exhale. And man, does it feel good. If there was ever a week where everyone made a silent agreement to mail it in, it's this week. And I love it. We all want it. We all need it. And that's why we do it. And that's why I love Thanksgiving so much. Forget the food. It's all about the week. The week where everyone simultaneously takes a well deserved time out. You can feel it, right? It's like we all just gave up on the dumb stuff that plagues us every day and we found a proverbial hammock. It's mm. incredible. Thanksgiving's probably my favorite. Big
0: Christmas guy, but Thanksgiving, the house is warm, smells like food. It's like the front door's open. You know, you got that breeze going through. That's like a big Thanksgiving thing. There's so much traction coming in and out, you're like, ah, fucking leave it open. You know what I mean? <laughs> here in california it's usually like kind of a warmer day it's like always just like nice you just eat early everyone just sits there and oh oh boy oh rubbing their bellies more pie why not who cares pile it on you're just showing up and blowing up quite literally
1: what a great tagline you know showing up and blowing up
0: yeah then you're probably
1: blowing out <laughs> Well, I hope everyone out there truly enjoys this week, because while Christmas is super special and awesome for its own reasons, Thanksgiving takes all of the hustle and bustle and rat race element out of it in a way that Christmas can't. Except for the fact that this
0: Black Friday thing really commandeered Thanksgiving, and I know we're in it because we have to be because of business and we want to do well, but Black Friday's kind of lame used to be like you'd talk about it at Thanksgiving dinner. You're like, would you hear about those crazies camping out at Best Buy tomorrow? Now it's like October 31st, Black Friday starts. Why not just make Black Friday the whole fucking
1: year, huh? I mean, that's what it's turning into. Yeah. We started our sale earlier and earlier every single year because I we it. have to. You hate just, it. You're racing. I hate it. To beat everyone else to it. But nothing is baked into Thanksgiving other than not giving a damn about anything. What a week. I love it. And remember, as soon as you're done with this episode to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Nation Golf, or just search Nation Golf on YouTube. Get subscribed, turn on the notifications and alerts, and we will see you live this Friday, November 24th. Thank you so much for listening to The Fellowship. Fucking thing sucks.
0: Right. Fucking thing sucks!